Welcome to CVC. My name's Kevin. Uh, I get the privilege of being uh, one of the pastors here at CVC. And uh, first off, let me say that it's an honor to have every single one of you here. Uh, thank you so much for choosing uh, CBC to worship with today. We love you guys, and we love having you here. And um, I get to I get to bring the message today. I get I get the privilege of, uh, of bringing you the word of God today. But before I do that, I want to take a, a quick moment to recap what we've learned the last couple of weeks. Right. So this is the last week uh, that we're in our Gospel According to Disney series. And what we've been doing, uh, for those of you who are new with us, uh, first time here, is we've been taking truths found in, in Disney movies, in these secular movies, and we've been uh, bringing the Word of God into them. And the reason we've been doing that is so that when you go back home uh, with your kids and kids when you're watching these movies, uh, you can see those same truths uh, in, in these movies, in these movies that we're going to watch anyway, that, that we're seeing all the time in the theaters and on TV and Netflix. Um, and so that's, that's why we're doing this. So a few weeks ago, uh, Pastor Rich pre preached uh, with Finding Nemo as kind of his backing uh, movie. And the really big idea was that lost people matter to, do you guys remember? God, that's right. Lost people matter to God. Uh, two weeks ago, uh, Pastor Rich was talking over the movie Cars, and the really big idea was because of Jesus, we are never alone. alone. That's right. And then last week, Ben Ober came, and uh, he brought the word out of the Lion King, and he said, you are not who you think you are. You are who God says you are. That's right. So, this is really exciting. I'm really excited about today. So, first thing I want to do before I get into... The, my really big idea is I want to ask you guys, who has a favorite Disney movie? Raise your hand. All right, all right. Uh, what's your favorite Disney movie? Cars. That's my kid's favorite Disney movie. Who else? Who else? Who else? Little girl back here, what's... Cinderella. That's a really good one. Last one. What's your favorite? Which one? Oh, it's a Disney Channel movie. Those are always good. So, so my favorite movie, and I'm really excited about this, my favorite movie of all time is Beauty and the Beast. Right? That's kind of weird. I know. <laughs> so uh, the reason why, I'm going to tell you guys why this is my favorite movie, right? And, and for the record, I didn't choose the movie. We were all kind of talking about which movies we were going to do and which weeks we were going to do them. And, and then it kind of fell to me, and the only movie left was Beauty and the Beast, and I just didn't argue it because, again, it's my favorite movie, and I'm excited. And so uh, I remember growing up, I remember going to the video store. I, I must have been two or three years old, and I remember going to the video store in Guatemala because I was born in Guatemala, and I went with my parents, and, and I chose out this movie. All right, I chose Beauty and the Beast, and it was so long ago that it didn't even come in DVD. It, it was a, a VHS tape. All right, you, you guys remember those? For kids, for those of you who don't know what a VHS tape is, it's this thing about this big, and it was all hard plastic, and inside was the reel, and you stuck it into something called a VCR, and you had to be really careful with it because sometimes the reel came out, and uh, sometimes if you stepped on it, it would break, and you just had to be really, really careful with it. Right? But when we moved to, to the United States, I, I, I brought this movie with me. And since it, it was in Guatemala, since I got it in Guatemala, I didn't get Beauty and the Beast. I got Abella y la Bestia. That's just Beauty and the Beast in Spanish. 
but that's, that's what I watched. And I brought this movie with me over to the United States. And I, this is, I came back to this movie again and again and again. And it wasn't until a few years ago that I actually watched Beauty and the Beast in English for the first time. My sisters got tired of watching it in Spanish because neither one of them knows Spanish. And so one, <laughs> so one year for, for Christmas, they got me the Blu-ray DVD combo pack. And they said, you can watch it in Spanish all you want now, but we're going to watch it in English. And that's, I think that's at home, still laying around somewhere. And the reason why I liked this movie so much, the reason why I kept coming back to it is this week's really big idea, and that is that love changes everything. So if you've got your bulletin, the love is the first blank, changes everything is the second blank. So we're going to take a quick look at the movie. I'm going I'm to summarize the movie for you guys as, as quickly as I can, and hopefully be able to show you why it is and how it is that love changes everything. So we've got Belle, right? And she's this beautiful young woman that the town hunk Gaston wants to marry. And Belle is beautiful and she loves to read and she's extremely talented and, and loving. And really when I think of Belle, I picture my wife who is sitting right here, which... Yeah, you, you, you're clapping for her. Um, but if, if she's Belle, then I guess that makes me the beast in this movie. <laughs> and I'm not sure how I feel about that. But one day, her dad leaves to go on a trip, and he gets lost along the way. And he stumbles upon this huge castle, and when he goes inside, he discovers that the entire castle has been enchanted. All the furniture inside is alive. And so he, he sits down to rest, and the owner of the castle, this, this huge, hideous, ugly, scary-looking, hairy beast, whose name is The Beast, finds him. And he's mad that there's some stranger in his castle. So he takes him and he locks him up. And you see, the story with The Beast is that he was once a young, young prince, like a lot of you kids today, right? <laughs> he's going, yes! <laughs> and he was once a young prince, and, and he was so focused on what people looked like on the outside that a witch enchanted him, and she cursed him, and she changed him into this huge, hideous beast. And she told him that the only way that the curse could be broken is that if he loved somebody, and she loved him in return. And so the beast, this big, ugly, scary thing that doesn't love anybody and nobody loves, throws Belle's dad in the dungeon. And when Belle realizes that her dad is missing, she takes off looking for him and eventually finds the castle. Inside, she eats the beast, and she's terrified, but she makes a deal with him. She says that she would trade places with her dad. She would give up her own freedom for her dad's freedom, and so the beast lets her dad go and locks her up. And she's, at first, she's scared of the beast. She's terrified of the beast. But as the weeks and the months go by, she begins to get to know him. And there's this really, really cool montage right in the middle of the movie where, where she teaches him how to read, and you see them open up a book, and, and he's going there, you know, reading the words alongside her, and she teaches him how to eat correctly because he's a beast, and he just, he doesn't have to use a fork and spoon, he just kind of digs in. And let me tell you, teaching somebody how to eat correctly is one of the worst things you can do, all right? I've got, uh, we've got a one-year-old at home, Nathan, most of you know him, and we're trying to teach him how to eat correctly right now. But he's in this phase where a lot of his food either ends up on himself or on the ground, 
So that's fun. We have to make twice as much food for him because it's all going to end up on the ground anyway. And then he does something really cool. He, he takes his plate when he's all done, when it's empty, which usually just involves him tossing it on the floor. He takes it and he walks it over like he's supposed to, but instead of putting it in the sink, he puts it in the trash. <laughs> so we're also constantly finding like spoons and his bowl and whatever it may be in the trash. And all in all, teaching somebody how to eat just isn't a fun time. I don't recommend it if you uh, but anyway, they get to know each other, they grow closer together, they, they have snowball fights, and the weeks and months go by, and, and the beast comes to learn, comes to realize how much Belle loves to read and how much she loves books. And so what he does is he takes her and he gives her his library, and it's this huge room, bigger than this room right here, and it's got books from floor to the ceiling, it's two stories high, and it's the best gift that he could have given her. And right after that, we see my favorite scene in the movie. You see the beast, because he wants to impress Belle, he's giving her these gifts, he's trying to, he's trying to treat her well even though she's still his prisoner. He, he's, he wants to impress her. And so he plans this really nice dinner for her. He takes a bath probably for the first time in 21 years. <laughs> he gets his hair done, he puts on a really nice suit. And, and you see, I, I love this scene because uh, growing up I knew that one day I wanted, to, I wanted to dance to this song, Tell His Oldest Time, at my wedding. And thank God that I married Jacqueline because as soon as, as I told her I wanted to do this, she said, all right, and that's what we did. We danced to this song, Tell, Tell As Old As Time, in our wedding. And I love this scene. And, and it really shows how much closer they've come together. And after this ballroom scene, they go out and, and the and Belle asks the beast, she says, I want to know how my father's doing. It's been months since she's seen him. And so the beast gives her an enchanted mirror and she sees that Gaston, the town hunk, he locked her dad up for being crazy. So the beast says, go after him. I release you, you're no longer my prisoner. Go after him, go get your dad. And so that's what she does. But when she gets back to town and she tells everyone that her dad isn't crazy, that there really is a beast in a castle, and even though he's big and scary, he's also gentle, and he's also loving. Gaston takes her and locks her up too, and then gets all the townspeople to go to the castle and, and try to kick the beast out, and so that's what they do. They break into the castle, all the living furniture fights back, and it gives Gaston just enough time to sneak upstairs and go look for the beast, and as he's fighting the beast at first, he doesn't fight back. At first, the beast is just willing to let Gaston beat him up, do whatever he wants. But Belle breaks out of her prison that Gaston put her in and comes back. And when the beast sees that, because he's so big and strong, he overpowers Gaston and tells him to leave and never come back. And just as they're about to tell each other, just as the beast and Belle are about to tell each other that they love each other, Gaston hurts the beast and then loses his balance and falls to his death. And it's in these final moments of the movie, this is the last five, six minutes of the movie, that we see this week's really big idea. It's in these moments that we see that love changes everything. And you see, that's the whole point of the movie, is that love changes everything. And scripture tells us why it is that love changes everything. It says that because God loves us, is that love changes everything. It says that because God loved us first, and so we're made complete in him. 
and I just realized that I skipped over my clip, so let's watch that clip, and then I'm gonna come back to the scripture. <laughs> Terribly sorry. So like I was saying, that's the whole point of this movie, is that love changes everything. And scripture tells us why it is that love changes everything. It says that it's because God loves us. It says that it's because God loved us first, and so we're made complete in him. So if you've got them, turn your Bibles to 1 John chapter 4, verses 9 through 12. Or if you've got your phone or tablet, or if you've got none of the above, it's also in the bulletin, and it's up here on the screens. So 1 John chapter 4, verses 9 through 12, it says, God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. And John says, dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. No one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us, and his love is brought to full expression in us. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the time that we've got here. Thank you uh, for the message that you're bringing, for the message that you've brought me. And I just ask that uh, you give me the words and you give us the hearts to understand what you're saying to each one of us today. And it's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen. So you see, we've all got a problem, right? We're all kind of like the beast. Why? Because we all sin. We all do things that we shouldn't. Sometimes we get really mad. I know I do it. Ask, ask Jackie. Sometimes we get really mad and we throw tantrums. Somebody caught that over here. <laughs> Sometimes we lie. Sometimes we don't listen, kids. I'm looking at you. We don't listen to what our parents tell us to do. And it makes us look like the beast to God. And if, if that's where the story ended, if, if that's all that there was, then that's bad news, right? If, if just, well, we sin and so we look like the beast to God, if that's all there is, then there's no hope for us. But, but the good news, the other side of this coin is that he loved us first, and that's the point. That's the point of the movie, and that's the point of our walk, is that nothing that the beast could do would break the curse. Nothing that he could give Bell would break the spell. And likewise, nothing that we do can break the curse of sin. There's nothing that we can give to God. There's no sacrifice. There's no words. There's, there's no magic spell or recitation or amount of money that we can give to God or the church to save us from our sin. There's no way that we can earn our way into heaven. But God knows that love changes everything. And so he loved us and sent his son to take away our sins. And you see, that's what changes us. That's what saves us, is his love for us. That's what brings us into a relationship with Christ. 
That's what brings us into perfect community with God, is his love for us. And I know, I know most of us in here know that, or at least some of us. I know that, that we know that Christ's love is what saves us. And so here, here's the second part is we're not supposed to stop there. We're not supposed to stop at, well, great, God loves me, and that's it. You know, we can go home. Because the passage goes on to say, since God loved us, we must surely love each other. There's another version that says, because God loved us, we must love each other. And so what's that mean? That means that we're supposed to go out and love everyone around us. You see, in the movie, Bell was a literal prisoner to the beast. And he was big and ugly and scary. And so she dealt with him the only way that she knew how. She knew that she couldn't overpower him. She knew that, that there was nothing that she could do to escape. So she did the one thing that she knew to do, and that's treat him with love. And if we know who Christ is, if we have accepted that gift that John talks about, then the question we need to ask ourselves is this. Who is the beast in your life? For me, growing up, it was bullies. It was the other kids around me that didn't like me because I didn't watch Beauty and the Beast. I watched La Bella y la Bestia. It was the other kids who didn't like me because I looked different or because I talked differently or any of a million things. For some of us, it might be family members, it might be friends with whom we've got a broken relationship with that we don't know how to fix. That we, we ask ourselves and we might pace around and we might pray, God, how do I fix this relationship? How do, how do, I, how do I change my circumstances with this person? How, how do I overcome this, this barrier that we've got, and, and the answer is found right here in this passage. It's that love changes everything. And John tells us that since we were worthy of God's love, since we didn't do anything, and there was nothing that we could do to earn God's love, since we were just worthy of it because God loves us, period, then we must love each other because that's what changes people's hearts. It's not lectures or big drawn out fights or ignoring each other for years on end or, or I'm gonna write you a, a 20 page letter telling you why I'm mad at you and that, that you should ask me for, for forgiveness. It's us loving those beasts in our lives the way that Christ loved us. So in a second, uh, Pastor Rich is gonna come back up and, and he's gonna pray over us and, and close out our service, but before that happens, um, as many of you know, I'm the youth pastor here. And so on Wednesday nights, I get the youth group, and we're, we're over in the student ministry building over there, and every week I try to leave them with a challenge. Some weeks it's, 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 it's as simple as saying, go and pray for five minutes every day this week. Go and read your Bible for five minutes every day this week. Sometimes it's a little harder, and they try to push back. But I, I leave them with a challenge. And so I'm going to do the same thing here. As you go home, 
Think of one beast in your life that you need to show God's love to. Think of one beast in your surroundings that God says you must show love to. And this week, don't second-guess yourself. Don't think about, well, what happens if they don't respond the way I want them to? What happens if they don't love me back? What happens if, if they, they yell at me? Don't, don't think about that stuff. Go home and love them the way that Christ loved you because we don't deserve that love, but because Christ loved us, we must love each other. Amen? Amen. Amen.